Hi, cheers, and welcome to another edition of Captain's Quarters Podcast. I've got crew members here with me. Some of you will wonder why these pirates look different from Hellfire Henley and Mandy Joe, but we'll explain that in just a minute. First order of business, a raising of the tankard or the glass or the shot, whatever you got. Every one of you there. Cheers to each and every one of you. Welcome to the show. We'll tell everybody about you in just two minutes. And as always, I like to tell everybody what rum it is for the night. Bombarda rum. If you've never tried it, it's good rum. And the bottle is a cannon, if you look at it right. Nice. Yeah, it's oh, really nice. cool. So, how can you find us, ladies and gentlemen? Go to Captain's Quarters Podcast on YouTube. Hit that QR code if you like. Whatever it takes for you to get to the YouTube channel, then look for Captain's Quarters Podcast. Like us. Subscribe to us. We got some good numbers to share with you tonight at the end of the show, but we want you to be a part of our show by subscribing and liking, and then you'll get that little bell, and then you'll hear all about us every Monday evening, Eastern Standard Time, when we have a different show for you each and every week. So do that. Like, subscribe, hit the bell, and you're in. What do you think, Davey? Is that good enough? Hi. So ladies and gentlemen, we have two guests on the show tonight. And we're going to be talking about pirates and pirate entertainers because I have two fantastic pirate entertainers here. Mantis Saval, a sword fighter extraordinaire, a trainer of those that do. And he has a entertainment group we're going to talk about. And Nasty Nate Cole. Now, many people know who Nasty Nate Cole is who if they hang around Captain Mayhem. Because Nasty Nate and I have been friends since about 2008, I believe it is. And he is one of the major singers, I can say lead singer, of Rusty Cutlass. Nice. If I say lead singer, then Peppy jumps in and then I have to drive. Yeah. I got to be careful about Peppy. I don't one think he's hiding anywhere singer. here. He's small yes. enough, but he's not yes. hiding here. He's feisty. He's he feisty. feisty. So ladies and gentlemen, let's run through things that we normally do here that we like to do to get it all taken care of here. And that first thing we do, ladies and gentlemen, is Eight Bells. And that's sponsored by our good friends, uh, the Rikers family of reenactors. They're uh, park rangers here, uh, a whole family. They work on some of the Renaissance festivals here in the area. And they're part of the crew of the St. Augustine Swashbucklers. So they sponsor Eight Bells. So who... Who, who do we have, Mr. Davey? All right, hold on. Everybody knows this one. I don't even have to do a whole lot of saying about it, but Gordon Meredith Lightfoot passed away on May 1st. And if you don't know who he was, who he was Canadian singer-songwriter, guitarist who achieved international success in a folk, folk rock, and country music. He is credited with helping to define the folk pop sound of the 1960s and 70s. He is referred to as Canada's greatest songwriter, and his songs have been recorded by some of the world's most renowned musical artists. I'm not going to list out all the songs. Most of you know my particular favorite, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. I've loved that song ever since 1976. That was when I graduated high school, and that might be one of the reasons why. So there you are, ladies and gentlemen. We have to say goodbye Bill? to Bill Gordon Lightfoot. Yes. Can I say a word about Gordon Lightfoot? Please do. For in the lyrics of, of the Edmund Fitzgerald, there's a lyric that says the church bells rang 29 times for each man on the Edmund Fitzgerald. The other day, the the Maritime Museum rang 30 bells 
in honor of Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, 29 for the crew and one for him. One for Gordon. Yep. Ah, that's very good. I had not heard that. Very good. Yes. That is most memorable. And our other one for the day is Sam Gross. <laughs> cartoonist specializing in single panel cartoons. He contributed to an array of pop publications, including The New Yorker. His cartoons have also appeared in Cosmetolo Cosmopolitan, Esquire, Good Housekeeping, Harvard Business Review, and The New Yorker. He was 89, and Gordon Lightfoot was 84. So, ladies and gentlemen, as we always do, we make a cheer to the memory of these fine people who are part of our culture and our lives and have probably made a difference in our lives in some way, shape, or form. So, Davey, eight bells. families, the friends, and the fans. Ladies and gentlemen, eight bells it is. Thank you very much, Mr. Long. Very good job. So, joke of the week by Minnie Mayhem, sponsored by our good friends at Shiver Me Pictures. Many of you know who that is, Scarlett Deerhart, Shiver Me Pictures. She's been making a good showing of doing pictures at many of the pirate and renaissance festivals around here. She's our particular favorite for doing scene setups for pictures. So, Give us Mini Mayhem. Ahoy, mate. Mini Mayhem here with the joke of the week. Sponsored by Shiver Me Pictures. What do you call a stupid pirate? Think about it, and I will give you the answer at the end of the show. All right. We'll pick that up at the end and get the reveal of that joke. I'm still thinking we got to work on that voice just a little bit. But we'll figure <laughs> it all out. Quote of the week. That's brought to us by Spyglass Travel. Ladies and gentlemen, the greater danger for most of us lies not in setting our aim too high and falling short, but in setting our aim too low and achieving our mark. Good. Michelangelo. That's a good quote by Michelangelo. Davey always finds a good one. That's presented to us, ladies and gentlemen, by Spyglass Travel. If you want a good walking tour of St. Augustine that includes as much history as you can handle, my good friend Kevin Rose of Spyglass Travel will take you on a walking tour. Believe it or not, Spyglass Travel has achieved uh, the mark of being one of the 10 top walking tours in the United States now. So he's doing quite well. And obviously a great sponsor to our show. And of course, question of the week, sponsored by our good friend Miss Gina of Ancient City Sirens. Mark, you know who that is. Of course, she was just on last week. Yes, she was on last week. And the question, ladies and gentlemen, and this is personal, since my birthday was yesterday, are birthday celebrations important? Personally, I think they are, and here's why. I believe birthday celebrations are important because it brings family and good friends together for a social time. Yep. <laughs> Any excuse to have family and friends together for social time is a good excuse, but a birthday is a better excuse. Right. And exactly. This year, this year, I actually tried to make sure that most of my friends knew, because we started partying on Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday, and I told most of my friends, at 65, I don't need anything other than your presence. That was the presence I wanted for birthday, your presence. A few people didn't, didn't pay attention and brought me a few bottles here and there, as always happens. I won't throw a bottle away. I won't deny it. 
but it was the presence of all my friends and family, um, text messages, emails. I did a kind of account. I got over 2,000 messages over the last three days. So it's, it's something to make you feel good. So, Mark, what do you think about birthday celebrations? I'm kind of with you. I've got enough stuff, but just having the people around you is what makes you realize how blessed you are. Exactly. So, and that, and, yep. and that's the point right there. Blessed. You're blessed by having people around you. Your circles grow smaller as you get older. Absolutely. But they grow stronger. And you know what you said about getting everybody together, family, friends, you know, sometimes it's not for us, it's for everybody else to come yes. and to be together. Yes, absolutely. Matisse, and, go ahead. And, and you know, uh, just adding to that, it, for the last, probably, was it 2000, since 2007, I guess we started the, the Boca Pirate Invasion, it's always been on my birthday weekend. Yep, and uh, it's it's always been a blessing to have my friends around, and you know, I, 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 my family will call me. They'll know where I'm at on my birthday weekend. Usually, it's an overt over pirate invasion, and for the last umpteen years, uh, you know, Mark has been been there to, to sing happy birthday and and sing some songs and just. It's 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 been the best. You know, how for, long have you been doing the Beaufort invasion, Steve? Two thousand seven. Since it started back again, uh, right after the uh, the tall ship invasion in 2006, Pepsi America sale, they started the invasion back up in Beaufort, and we've been doing it every year since. So, uh, but it's it's always been a it's, it's memories, you know, the yeah. best memory I can think of. Uh, for, yeah, for sitting it. on we're, sitting on that dock down by the down by the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah and sitting on Sinbad's boat, you know, on yeah, the Mika. On the Mika. Well, maybe uh, but, one of these uh, years I'm going to have to make it up there. Uh, we invite oh, everybody. To. We, I, I can honestly oh, yeah. say it's one of the best festivals in the country, in my opinion. Very good. Yeah. Well, you know how my schedule is. I can never find enough time, but maybe I'll have to well, make some time. I'm, we're actually making some time next year, and we're opening it up to other people. But May in May, we have worked out a deal for a five-day, six-night, something like that, cruise on a cruise ship for all the pirates that are – it, within my crew that want to go and any other pirates outside of the crew and nice. we're going i think to nassau the bahamas i've never been on a cruise ship in my life and i've never really taken a vacation in the last 20 years wow so time to take it over i'm i'm gonna do it so my wife insists and you know how what they say happy wife yeah you get i'm surprised that you've not been on a cruise ship you should be entertaining on a ship you'd be great well oh, yeah i've thought about it a couple of times but here it is yeah. so let's do one more thing before we really get into our guest ladies and gentlemen and, and that's crew adventures on the horizon it's been renamed because we are doing a we're, we're, we have other crews that are working with us the sea wolf privateers out of flagler miss gina's ancient city sirens and blue lotus dancing the podcast and William Mayhem Productions. So, do you have that panel that I just made today? I do, Captain. But, but first, I, I think you should say something about this the event, a couple of events that happened. Oh yeah, all right. Let's talk about that real quick. You're absolutely right, Davy. Saturday night, my weekend, my birthday weekend, we went down to Flagler, um, to Palm Coast, and participated in the Monopoly game they have there. They had six or eight tables set up, four players per table and uh, play in Monopoly. It was a timed game. It was an hour long, and they had games set up. And from what I understand, 
they met their goal. And all the money that the Seawolf uh, Privateers raises, all the money they raise, ladies and gentlemen, goes to helping foster children in their area. <coughs> they had um, games. They had Dinner. The dinner was donated by Carabas, so everybody got a really great dinner, Italian food. There's uh, Miss Katie up in the left corner up there, and then their captain standing with my lady, uh, Captain Alan Scabbard. And, of course, it looks like there's a couple of those. Look, the three, the three pirates in the brig happen to be my crew. Go figure. Go figure. But it was a rousing good time. And they made, it's not my place to say how much they made, but I, when, they, when they post it, then it'll be more official. But after having a conversation with them yesterday afternoon poolside for, um, at the resort, um, they told me that they, they made as much as they wanted. And by the time they do all the tally and they'll be over their, over their expectations. That's always wonderful. So it was a good time. And... As you see by the list that we're getting ready to show up there, um, we've got some other events to do with them as they're doing events with us. And it's crews working together to help each other out for their particular cause. It works out really well. I'm not, no, go ahead, Davey. Oh, there's something else. Captain Mayhem's birthday party. Okay. This was my backyard. And yes, I was not dressed. We do it as Cinco de Mayhem. So you have to dress in, in Spanish or Mexican. So my outfit was me thinking that I was uh, uh, Carlos Santana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, complete with my cigar, and we did not. We did not drink as much rum. We drank tequila, and I haven't done that kind of drinking with tequila in a long time. But it was a good time. So. We had now. Sadly, we made the discovery. The pitcher in the very middle was all that was left after ten thirty at night. We had about two and a half times that many there in the backyard. One of these days, we'll get smart enough to take a pitcher at the beginning and at the end, so we can see who the who the uh, lazy ones are. But there's my backyard having a good time. Thank you, Davey, for putting that together. I appreciate that. Uh oh, where did no, nasty Dave go? Did we lose him? So we'll talk about crew adventures real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a list. I'm not going to read the whole list. But if you look at the list, you can see that the Seawolf Privateers, Mayhem Productions, Blue Lotus, Ancient City, <coughs> Washbucklers, this is all that we have going on between now and December. That's a lot of things going on. And now not all of it will we be doing it together. But if the Seawolves have an event, uh, we get the date, then we... If we're available, we go down and try to help them out and vice versa. So we want these three crews that are working together to be doing the same thing. Did we lose somebody else already? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm here. back on. Okay, very good. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen, Crew Adventures on the Horizon. Okay. Well, at least one of you is still here. <laughs> Mark, will, Mark will probably be back in a few minutes. He'll probably be back. Hopefully. Connection. He's in Orlando. I understand things down in Orlando electronically are not that great. So pour me another rum while I wait. Here you go. Nope. Welcome aboard, Matisse. Well, huzzah, huzzah. Thank you for having me. So as I, as I alluded to earlier, my good friend, and I, I consider you a good friend now since we met. There he is. Better There's Mark. I, it looks a little darker in his room now. That means he had to turn the electricity off so he could afford to stay on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
we met in February. Yes. We've known each other via the internet, but we met officially in February, and you were in my backyard. We, you were here for a, a large festivity. Oh, yeah. I met your lovely better half, and now the challenge is to get you back down here to hang out. But you are a master swordsman, a trainer, and stage choreographer. Is that a good yes. way to put it? Well, yeah, that's, I, that, that is a good, by the way, first of all, I just want to thank you for having me here on a Monday night, an excuse to get in garb and drink rum. So here's to you. <laughs> Something I, I rarely do. Yeah. Any excuse is a good excuse, but yes, having, <laughs> having, having others to share it with, isn't that right, Nasty Nate? Absolutely. Exactly. I, mean, I wish I was down there with you guys because it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pirate's paradise down there. I mean, I've, I see all the festivals you guys have, and it's just we want to get down there really, really bad. Wow, you know what? That just gave me a thought. In North Carolina, too. Yeah, yeah. There's a few, but not as not as many. I mean, you know, we've got, of course, we've got Beaufort and Swansboro is going on this weekend, and, and some other ones. But uh, uh, we're trying to get more, you know, down in Wilmington area, and uh, but Beaufort is is the big one. Um, but uh, but you know, we'll try to get more. But yeah, Florida, we want to we want to try to break into that uh, to that uh, genre down there. Well, I, we talked about having you come down to the Old City Pirate Festival this last year. Yeah. And because it was our first year back after being down for two years, I had an extreme issue with trying to get monetary backing to do anything I needed to do. So it was tough to do that. I don't like to ask any entertainers to do it for less than they, they feel they should do. If, they want, if we then talk about a a discount so to speak knowing that we're doing this for charity that comes up and we can talk about it but i've had uh rusty cutlass and we've paid them everything he's asked for i always try to be fair i know he wants more yeah but i'm a pirate and i'm going to take it down as far as i can but i'm still not going because i'm an entertainer too you know that the, there's there's two things i hate you've always One been is, very generous What's that? You've always been very generous, Bill. Well, I I appreciate that. One of the things I hate as an entertainer is having somebody say, hey, it'll be good for your resume. Oh, (laughs) exposure bucks. Yeah. How much, uh, how long have I been doing magic in the entertainment world? About 35, 45 years. I don't need a Mm -hmm. resume anymore. I've got it. Same with you, uh, Nasty Nate. You you have been a, a Disney fixture. I, I'm surprised that they haven't put a statue of you up there. Well, I'm happy to announce that Rusty Cutlass will be appearing in front of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride uh, this, uh, yes. this Halloween for Mickey's Spooktacular. Ah, oh, very good. Yeah. Well, that, that means you can't come to my Spooktacular then. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We'll be <laughs> All right. So what's the name of your performing group is the shadow players we're the shadow players stage combat group we've been in in uh uh, some one form or another uh as a group since i think 1996 i think uh diana woody she's actually down in tampa in tampa area she's the one that started it with a handful of people and they would go around doing uh you know sword fighting stage combat fight choreography uh i joined up in 2001 um, and it was kind of a, a weird thing. I, I had just gotten laid off from my job at, uh, at an IT company here for after 14 years. Uh, didn't know what I wanted to do. I took, took some time off to uh, do some, uh, start some, some theater and things like that. And uh, 
there was a gentleman in, in Cary, North Carolina here that was starting a medieval castle hotel slash hotel. And uh, I read an article about it and I was intrigued. And uh, so I gave him a call and uh, he invited me over to his office one day. And, and I spent the entire day with this guy, you know, just talking about all things uh, uh, medieval and sword fighting. And, and they were doing jousting and, and all this other things. So. Uh, it, it eventually, you know, I, I talked him into hiring me as his entertainment director. Uh, this is in 2000, early 2001, and uh, uh, for about six months, I worked on this project with him, um, uh, getting money, doing uh, uh, training, you know, getting getting the the, the land and, and the funding and things like that, making appearances to try to get interest garnered for this uh, this hotel, and. Uh, after a while, it, it, it started. To, things started to cave in, and so I, I left the project. While I was there, uh, Diana, who was the artistic director for Shadow Players, she had called my office one day and she said, "Hey, you know, we're the Shadow Players. We do uh, uh, fight choreography, sword fighting shows." And, and what I explained to her was, we do. At the time, we were doing live, live full metal, uh, full, full steel, full armor uh, battle uh, competition, broadsword, and things like that. So. Uh, I kind of filed her, her name away, and after I left the project in September, I gave her a call back. And I'd love to meet with you guys and see what you do. So she invited me out to one of her practices, and uh, I, I didn't look back. I, I, I started studying as much as I could uh, the different masters of defense, the, uh, the, the, the mostly the Renaissance era, uh, specializing in Shakespeare, uh, rapier fighting, uh, sword and shield, you know, all that kind of thing. And I worked my way up in the ranks until uh, 2000, I think it was 2006 or seven, she had moved back down to Florida. So she turned the group over to me as artistic director. And that's about the time I, I think I met Mark uh, and Rusty Cullis there at, at Beaufort. And we started developing a show uh, to do uh, you know, live comedy, sword fighting type of things you'd see at a Renaissance Fair. Or, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't a stage show. It was more of a street performance, you know, surrounded on three sides by, by the audience, the safety barrier. Uh, a very audience interactive. So, uh, and it was always my job to, to make sure that, that we didn't lose the audience because it was it was, it was a transient audience. You know, they could leave anytime they wanted to. So it was my job to kind of keep the show going and make it tight and keep the jokes in and keep them entertained. So, um, and through the years, uh, all the way then, I started my, my geography uh, background. I got a, I was a member of the Society of Fight Directors, uh, became a member of that in 2003, uh, and learned as much as that. And uh, you know, just it started uh, a lot of work here in the area of stage combat. So it's, it's really paid off a lot. It's, uh, I've been doing it for about 22 years now, and it, it, it's, it, it, never, it never did before. You know, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, we, we see the show, and, and you, you probably, you know, you've probably seen this too. You sing the same songs every night, and you see the, you do the same things, we do the same show over and over. We have to remember to keep fresh and to keep, uh, to keep the audience entertained because it's the first time they've seen the show. And we have to remember that, that the fresh and, and, and the jokes going. We try, it's very, it, it's, it's not scripted, but it's not, uh, it, it's, it's uh, also a lot of improv. So, uh, we enjoy it. You know, we have a good time. We have a great safety record. Um, you know, safety first, uh, as always. But, uh, and we use real blades. Uh, you know, no armor or anything. It's mostly pirate, pirate-related uh, uh, rapiers and, and and things like that. So uh, it, it's been. It's been
keep keeping the show fresh is very important. I, yeah. I know, like I've I've noticed uh, when Mark and the and the boys are singing, they don't always sing the songs in the same order. Sure, sure. They change the order around. You yeah, we try to mix it up for our own sake, so we don't get members bored. that you will <laughs> audience, and that'll give you do. So that's one of the ways it, it works to keep everybody fresh. Yeah, yeah. And, and, just, and, and we just added a brand new sound system too, sound which system. I'm sure really has enhanced the show. Our show, yeah, yeah. We, I just spent a lot of money on a, a brand new sound system with you know, the Broadway mics, and uh, uh, probably made a new period tent from uh, uh, from Colonial Seaport Foundation, who I'll, I'll cover here in a little bit. But um, uh, yeah, it makes a huge difference. Like Mark said, it it, it brings the audience into you. It makes you more. It, it, it's more professional show because uh, for years and years and years, you know, we've been straining to be heard over. You've got a down down the way. You've got a, a live band playing. Uh, or, or a rock and roll thing and, and drowns out the show. So now that we heard a lot better and, and I can throw out my voice and be in the The, the thing about having a microphone system and, and being amplified, and same thing with musicians. If you take the time to amplify it, the audience goes, oh, this must be good. Yeah. They want us to hear this. As right. opposed to, uh, we're just going to hope that you hear it as you're walking by. Yeah, exactly. We, uh, we, we spent... We've either spent the money or made some good trade-offs with some. I have a friend that has a audio and sound company here, and we've made some trade-offs. And we have, I don't know, eight or nine wired mics and at least yeah. a half a dozen to a dozen uh, wireless mics, and it does yeah. make a difference. Oh, yeah. huge! Um, I have a big voice. Both of you have big voices, but sometimes if you do three or four shows a day, that big voice is not as big at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and to do four fights per show and, and three shows per day, it, it takes its toll, you know. And, and Mark, Mark can attest to me, you know, a lot of times <clears throat> by the end of the times at parlay at night, you know, where's Steve? Like, he crashed, you know. But uh, it's it's helped. I mean, it's it's helped a lot. It's helped us a lot this this season. So, well, we're, it's, we're, it's just one of those extra pieces of, of equipment that does two things. One, it saves your voice and your energy. So you can divert your energy in a different direction. And two, uh, part of what Nasty Nate said, it makes you look professional. And that professionalism, even if it's just an equipment, attracts attention. Sure. And that helps a lot. Yeah. yeah. And you guys have your own period correct uh, break tent now. And, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Looks, uh, we spent a lot of money this season on, uh, uh, you know, it's basically barriers and uh, uh, Different things to just to bring in new signs. I don't know if he's talking new signs we've got um, for the show. Uh, new, a new backdrop and, and I and I really uh, Marissa's done a lot. She's I, I say hey let's do this. She's right on it, man. She's she's uh, got our of course our insurance. Uh, we we had to get new insurance this year. Um, with, uh, we have a new website. Uh, all kinds of things. So she's really been uh, she stepped up with the group to help us. Uh, yeah, that's that's one thing you might want to mention, um, mayhem. Is that Steve's group is uh, 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 gender friendly? I mean, there's men and women in the show, and they're and the yeah. women fight harder than the men. So <laughs> they, they, probably better, they, they probably fight better than the men too. They, yes. They they what? And then it's it's one of those things that early on, I remember Taz once told me he, he was our, our captain who passed away in 2011. Uh, here's 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 Taz. He's Taz. our captain for years. Taz. Oh. But he always said, 
when 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 if 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 you if you beat the women in combat, the audience will turn on you like that. Yeah. And uh, so so uh, you know every time we do a show, you know we, we don't do it to any kill moves or anything, but it's it's mostly disarm things like that. But uh, we've got three women, and two guys in the group, and they outnumber us. So. Uh, uh, with pleasure, you know. Uh, so, so are your uh, are your your verbal scripting of the show? Let's talk about that first before the the physical choreographing. Yeah, the verbal yeah. scripting of the show is that a script that your that your entire crew memorizes and knows, or is it off the cuff? It, yes and no. It, it's uh, top of the show. You know, we, we do we do some some jokes and things we, that that we repeat. Uh, but the audience, like, like, like you can attest, uh, Nate and, and you have that the audience, depending on the, on the, on the audience's reactions and, and the energy of the audience, that's what, that's what depends on our energy too. So, uh, uh a lot of times, uh, like this year, what I had, I brought out a chalkboard and I put the line down the middle of it with a, a, a yay or a nay and had a volunteer from the audience come out. I said, okay, we're going to try something different this year. Any jokes that you you feel that fail, you put a check mark over here. Any jokes that you really like, you put a check mark on this side. So we're trying to <laughs> new material, and by the end, we hope to have more pluses than minuses. So, uh, but but it's it, you know it's a lot of times things will just happen, and and you keep it in, and that's how we built this show over the years. It's got a little bit longer, and that's and an some excellent things, idea. Yeah, yeah. Some things we throw out, some things we eat, but also it's it's very topical. You know, like like something in the news, we'll throw something out that that is topical. Uh, we we try not to be political, we try not to be you know too too controversial, but uh, we, we try to make things topical when we uh, when we bring in props and things like that, so and that, we'll keep that going through the through the show. So, so that brings up a question then, and again, we try not to make this show political. We've only had to go that direction once, and we got an accusation from somebody, and, and we address that accusation. <laughs> the very next show with a whole lot of facts that the guy was wrong and here are the facts and then we let it alone that we just let it sit but so here's a question for you and I see it a little bit um, and and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to always happen but with the way with the way the world is right now and without being political I still have to use the word woke have you had uh, either between either of you um, nasty Nate, when you're doing concerts and, and, and plays and th- or shows, and uh, Matisse, have you seen anything negative come out of your particular performances that you've had to have either a conversation or a drawback on something you said or, or anything like that? Has it, has it happened yet? Because now you know, because and one of the reasons I ask, I spent a lot of time doing comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends that are. Hard, high name com- comedians, and I'm watching all of them step away. That it's just doing comedy clubs has become very dangerous. Um, mm. You know, it, it, hell, people can walk up on stage and slap you now. Unfortunately, we carry swords, so we're armed. So. I have a question, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Nate, have you had any of that problem before? Well, I have a question for for Mantis. Yeah. Do the women ever lose? No. To a man? No. No, uh, they fight to each other. And, we can, uh, me and, me and uh, uh, Alexandria, our, our, our sword mistress, we come up, we come to a draw. That's the only. That's the only. You know, but uh, they they always win. Uh, you know, and because uh, I remember with, with Taz going back to Taz one time, he um, uh, he was fighting another another girl in the group, and he, and he 
this disarm or something and brought her down. And he said after the show, this little lady came up to him, her finger in her face, face like, oh, you bad man. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he learned really quick to, to, uh, to make it, uh, let, let, let the women, you know, have, have their have their their, their day. Yeah. So. Well, I'll, I'll give you an I'll give you an example of a magic routine that I used to do on stage, and I've done it as a pirate now too. But back in the day, it, it was a routine called Guest Magician, and I I stole it from Jackie Gleason. Believe it or not, Jackie Gleason was the first one I ever saw to do it. My grandfather sat in his orchestra, so I, I was very intent on watching it. But the guest magician is where I bring somebody, anybody out of the audience up on stage, and I put a cloak and a top hat and everything on them. But in the back of the cape, there are two arms, and I step around behind them. My hands come out. Their hands are underneath the cloak, and it's my hands that is going to do everything. And there's a table brought out by my assistant, and I reach over and do this and do and do all the magic. Almost all the magic is stupid, failure-type stuff, like the cards that are all glued together, that, that kind of stuff. So I had to do a corporate event once, and the leader, the president of the corporation was a woman. And the people planning, they wanted me to do it with a woman. And I said, I don't think that's a good idea, but they were insistent. At the after the show, I swore I would never, ever, ever do that trick with a woman ever again. Mm -hmm. It was so awkward, and the response from the audience—you could tell—it was yeah. not approved. It yeah. really just did not work out. So sometimes you have to take those steps. Yeah, and sometimes you have to, to go right up to that line, and sometimes cross it over to see how far you can go. I mean. We, when I play our show, we, we, we play to families, but I don't, and, and there's a lot of children up here. So uh, one of our jokes in the very beginning, you know, we, say, you know, we, have a, we bring out a sign that, that says PG, and we said, what does it stand for? It says it stands for parents. If the children understand our jokes, it's not our fault. So we, we have, we, we, I play more to the adults than the kids, and, 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 and we try to, to, to not cross over the line, but to their to their sensibilities of the adults more than the kids. And it's good to push the line a little bit forward too. Instead of crossing over exactly. it, push the line. Exactly. A lot a lot of the a lot, a lot of the pirate songs, there are some lyrics in the songs that are more over the head of kids and you can still yeah. get away with it. Right? Yeah, well it's called there's there's a difference between green humor and blue humor. Absolutely. Oh. Blue humor is, is is off limits. It's dirty, which a lot of pirates want to hear late at night. Mm -hmm. But the the green, yeah, I think that's what you're talking about, Steve. Go right up to the line. Yeah, read your I, audience. In you read your audience. Yes, you got to know your audience. I I refer to it as in my as a magician and a comedian. I refer to it as innuendo humor. Uh -huh. Right, because it it, it has innuendo. <laughs> it's Italian humor. Um, <laughs> and you can get away with it in some cases because the kids have no idea, yeah, but, sure. but the adults are laughing their asses off. Exactly. Now, Steve, and the I other have part, to ask. What's that? I have a question for Mantis. Go uh, ahead. In, at the end of your show, you dress a guy in drag, right? Yeah. 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 You haven't had any problem with that, have you? No. Uh, well, this... Disney does it too at the Hoopty Doo Review. That's why I was in, wondering. In, uh, in, in, um, uh, we call him a global volunteer. We bring him out, we blindfold him, we dress him all up in his drag stuff. And we, but uh, I made the joke. It was in, uh, at the Ren Fair. It was during the, the third show, I think, of the middle show of the second day. 
uh, I, I was out in the audience, you know, I was mic'd up. I said, hey, you know, we called it the, the volunteer Bob because I can never remember his name. I said, Bob, just, just be thankful you're not in Tennessee. And so, and, and I heard a lot of, you know, that, oh, no. So uh, that's one of those, those times where it's like, okay. And some people laughed, some didn't. And, and after the show, you know, the worst is okay. You know, so that's how you kind of get, that, get to that line and, and, you, and you get the feedback and you go, okay. I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah, uh, uh, Pepe Duval, you know, he's in our band. He's also in a band called the Sweeney Brothers, and they just did a, a gig, and he made a joke about, you know, Bud Light and mm-hmm. some guy. You know, and it, it was it was questionable, you know. Yeah, I mean? you got you to, again, that's, that's one of the times where sometimes, I, and we had another uh, guy in our group say something that wasn't play correct, and I had to, to come on the side after I said, I'll do that joke anymore. So that, that's how we rewrite the show. It, it, we right. find out what, what, where we, where we're comfortable with it, and where the audience is comfortable with it. And it's, right. and it's over a long period of time. But, but once you get that, once you're in that groove, you know what, what you can deal with. Like you know, Nate, that, a lot of the jokes that you tell, uh, uh, you know, in between, in between some of the sets, you, yeah. you know your audience. You know, if it's later at night, you know, the kids are, are, are asleep, yeah. and, and it's like a lot of these red fair uh, groups. They have uh, an R-rated show. They have a, a regular G-rated show, and they have anything in between. And we're we're trying to, to get to that point where we can write another R-rated show for the adult audiences that we do for you know like uh, special events and things like that. So we're, we're just getting to that point. But right now we have to keep it in the middle of the road and, and know you know know where we can cross and where we can. So the be- the best part about doing an innuendo show or a middle of the road show, in my opinion. The best part, it shows that as an entertainer, you're entertaining with intelligence and not smut. You're sure. being clever as opposed yes. to being dirty. That's exactly. Crazy. I mean, and, and, I, I, I was part of a website back when I was in Vegas that was clean comedians only. Mm-hmm. And you could only be on it if that was your show. Now, I had some things that were right up to the line, but I never used cuss words in any way, shape or form. In my and that was the difference between over the line and not over the line. I prefer not to use cuss words whatsoever. Well, working for Disney for thirty years, we have, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to come up with some new words. That's all. But there was also <laughs> a challenge too, because yeah, exactly, because people are so accustomed to hearing blue humor on TV and stuff that they almost kind of expect you to go there. But and then when you don't, you don't want to look like. Okay, you're not cool or funny. You yeah. know? So well, that always gives you the opportunity. You're taking them right down that path, whether right. you're doing your choreography or you're doing your song or I'm doing a magic routine with some comedy and you're taking them right down the path and, and they know where you're going to go. And then all of a sudden you make an abrupt right turn and <laughs> take it somewhere else. Yeah. And all you got to do at that point when you take that abrupt right turn is stop the whole thing and go, I knew you knew where I was going. Uh-huh. Yeah. That shows where your mind's at, not uh-huh. mine. Exactly. Yeah. And away with it that way. You a little so. smattering of laughter to the audience. And then, you know, they, they got the joke. You know, the other people get it. And, and sometimes, like, you know, any of my performance, especially especially with theater, uh, I've done a lot of amazing things where you, your audience, man, they, they laughed. They, they were crying at this joke last night. And this audience right here, they didn't get anything. They didn't. He was like, "Wait a minute! This is this was funny. What happened?" And it's all it's all the audience. It's all the mood. It's all the flow. I mean, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's it, it, live performance. There's nothing like, it, especially when you're when you're dealing with uh, with swords in your hand. You can't, yeah, 
Yeah, you and you always, speak. as a pirate, when we're doing pirate events, you have to keep that element in right. there too. That you're a swashbuckler, you know, that you're in this world, and right. everything's got to stay within that pirate world, you know, seafaring exactly. world. Yep, yep, yep. Want to forget that? Exactly so, right. Where did you, Matisse? Uh, where did you get your training? So obviously, you had somebody else train you to put you to the level you're at. Okay, it all started here. I, I, I brought a prop. Okay, here we can you see this. Zorro! This is my, my, my lunchbox. Is that the gay blade? <laughs> yeah, no, this is the one with, uh, with uh, Disney version. Yes. This is back in 1969, I think I got Who it. played Zorro? I, wanted to, I always wanted to be Zorro. And uh, everybody did, you know. I mean, no, but who was the guy in the Disney guy? Do you remember? Oh, oh, uh, 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 the guy that played uh, Will Robinson's father. Um, what was his name? Yes, you're right. Uh, the guy from Lost in Space? Guy, guy, guy something. Um, guy. Gosh, his name was Guy. We'll Google But anyway, him. yeah, we'll have to Google it. But he, he was the one that, that, that played Zorro in the original Disney version. And man, I, I, I wanted to be Zorro. And then Princess Bride came out and I wanted to be the, you know, the, the Dread Pirate Roberts. And I dressed, I remember the first first year, I dressed all in black. Yeah, I remember. And remember that? Remember that? And uh, that, that after after spending a summer in Beaufort, and that that went out the door real quick. Uh, so I started just wearing a vest. But um, uh, I, I started getting the interest. Uh, really, you know, I mean, some of my heroes growing up were uh, guys like Errol Flynn, um, uh, Danny Kay, you know, Court Jester, you know, the, the swashbuckling type of, of, of characters and things. And uh, it, it's it, it, when when I first got the sword in my hand, and, and literally I first started training with Diana and, and Shadow Players. That's where I got my first taste of it. Two thousand one, I was in my late thirties, and so so she she really brought that that passion to me, and and, and that's when I just started finding everything I could about about sword play, about sword history, about the, the, there's one book I have also that brought this here for you. It's called uh, By the Sword by uh, Richard Cohen. And I was lucky enough, Marissa uh, had met this gentleman who showed up in New York, and we went up to New York back uh, a year ago. And as I was, I had the pleasure of meeting this gentleman for uh, lunch. His name is Richard Cohen. He wrote this book called By the Sword, and he's an you know, old English gentleman. He's in his 80s, and he still fences every day. And Was he an, uh, Olympic, was he an Olympic fencer? No, an extra in the um, uh, the James Bond film uh, that they had the fencing scene in the, the fencing salon. He was an extra in that, and his friend at the time uh, told him there was another film that he was working on that he, he would like to have it come down. And unfortunately, he had a, a fencing competition in England, and the, the film was Pirates of the Caribbean, and he could have been an extra in that. But the, wow. this really, he was, he was, uh, I was lucky enough to sit down and pick his brain for like an hour you know, in New York City. We went and saw some shows, and, and he took his time out of his day to come and meet us. And, and he actually got up out of his chair and, and started showing me some pissing moves. And we started, you know, comparing our comparing notes and things. So, uh, but this book, uh, I've been through three copies of it. Um, when I teach, I, I teach a lot of workshops for, for high school and theater, and whenever I do a production, the first thing I do is. I'll go and, and go to the director and say, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to have a four-hour workshop for any actor that wants to be there and audition. And then after that, you know, if, if you, can, you can make your decisions on, on casting shows or doing uh, any kind of 
uh, Shakespeare, you know, like a Scottish play or, or Romeo and Juliet or things like that, or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Robin Hood or specializing in sword play. So we'll do that for, for Saturday or something, and we'll have a workshop come in, uh, and, and, and I'll work from this book, and I'll work from other, other things that i found over the years. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, the, the way I really learned was by doing. Um, I, I, one of the very first uh, choreographic gigs I had was Capital uh, Opera Raleigh. They were doing uh, uh, Faust, and I got to work with the director of the Symphony, where we had to, to, to choreograph this fight to the music and and just using my own creativity and what I'd, I'd learned over the years from uh, my swordplay background. And originally, I, when I was doing it, I was doing uh, live sword fighting competitions where you go to a point and, and you try to strike uh, the person for choreography, it's completely different. You're, you're actually you're striking outside of it and you can using numbers. So I had to retrain my mind to not go for point and go for for the effect, uh, you know, because what you see in Hollywood is is so far removed from what is historical fencing, and we try to bring a lot of historical moves into our fights. Depending on the play you're doing, if it's Shakespeare, you know, you want to bring in the, the Renaissance. If it's a Scottish play, you're bringing in medieval. Uh, if you're doing uh, you know, Robin Hood, you're doing you know kind of a little bit of both fantasy things like that. So. You have to know. You have to know your 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 play. You have to know your actor's abilities. You have to know uh, what the director's vision is. Um, but the, the best thing a director can do is hire a fight choreographer. Because I've seen where uh, you see these productions on stage that they don't hire a fight choreographer, and that's their first mistake. And someone's going to get hurt because what we usually say is, um, uh, if, if someone does get get hurt on stage for real. That the the audience stops caring about the character and they start worrying about the actor. It right. just brings you out of that whole illusion that you're trying to create on stage. So the first thing you do is just run it, run it, run it, run it. Be over. We have a fight call before the show. Um, I just got finished doing um, Fiddler on the Roof, one here in, in Cary. Uh, that there was a there was a fight choreography, small small part where the Russians come in, they 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 disrupt their wedding and then someone gets beat up. And the director I've worked with before, she brought me in to, to work with the actors to do that. So it, it's not just sword play. It's any kind of violence or, or, or physical act on a stage. That's where you bring a fight choreographer in. And just doing it over and over over many years, you know, you, you, that you learn that way. So, Steve. Uh, yeah. Tell, uh, tell them about your lightsaber battles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did uh, a few years ago when we did the um, premieres here in Raleigh. For uh, the Star Wars, you know, the prequels, um, we had Taz, who was our captain. Uh, he, he dressed up as Darth Maul, doing lightsaber fighting, and uh, we'd actually got. You know, I wasn't. I, before I joined the group, right before I joined, they actually did North uh, Carolina Symphony. They, they, the symphony created um, the, the music of Star Wars, and they had our group come in and, and, and recreate some of the fights. You know the. I think episode one. You know, in front of the symphony, to, isn't that cool? In front of the symphony, yeah. And it was amazing. That is cool. Yes. Very cool. Um, I got to do. Uh, I got to choreograph um, down in Myrtle Beach. The uh, producers of Forty Seven Ronin, Donald Reeves, uh, they called me to uh, come down and choreograph uh, uh, an introduction fight for all the. It was all the all the um, the Southeast uh, theater vendors in, and the producers were there. So I had to, I literally had two days to choreograph 
uh, a, an opening. Uh, and I used to be the guys from Medieval Times down there, and uh, brought my group in. And, and we did music, and Pepe actually uh, turned me on to Okoto, the, the, uh, the drum, the Japanese drumming. Um, and we choreographed this whole introduction coming in to, to music. It's somewhere online, I think. But uh, at the end, you know, the, 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 uh, we had these flags, and they brought the flags, and the producer of the film were there on stage with us. And so that was pretty neat, too. So we've done really cool, interesting things over the years. So on-screen sword fights because I've had this conversation with some other friends of mine. I have a few few friends in the area that are sword fighters also. Uh-huh. Which, and I'm going to tell you my answer before you answer, just in case your answer is my answer. Okay. <laughs> Favorite sword fight, screen sword fight. Now, mine is, believe it or not, and you already mentioned it, mine is Danny Kay. Danny Kay. When he did the hypnotic sword fighter. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Snapping in. The, yeah. yeah. In and out, in and out, in and out. I think that was a movie was Court Jester or Jester. Court Jester, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I, is that that shows to me that shows the degree of his ability as a sword fighter mixed with the degree of his ability to show that he was a bumbling idiot. Bumbling, yes, yeah. With Basil Rathbone, I mean, he. he I read so a few stories about that where, um, you know, I think Fred Cavan was the fight director in that. And his son actually had to double a little bit because some, and we actually do that fight in our show where I'm drinking uh, some, 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 some rum and I'm fighting you know, without looking. Because uh, that's one of my favorite scenes. I mean, Danny Cave, he can do it all. I mean, he's, he's, he's the ultimate, uh, he can do it all. Sink, dance, fight, everything. But, um, uh, one of my people, I, 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 I tried to pattern myself was uh, Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly did some some really fabulous fighting um, uh, in, in Three Musketeers. That he he was a physical guy. He could also dance. So so, but that's not one of my favorite fights. Um, uh, the, the most realistic that I've seen on on film of uh, the duelist Harvey Keitel oh, yeah. uh, in '77 because. It, he, uh, the, the fight choreographer there, they wanted realism. Uh, they fought with everything. They fought with rapier. They fought with, with uh, cutlass. They fought with on horseback. Um, uh, and that's one of the most realistic prediction of, uh, depictions you'll see on film uh, of, of, of score play. Um, you know, some other good ones, there's actually a, um, uh, a Russian film called The Deluge, I believe. It's on, you, you find it on, on on YouTube, where they're fighting in the rain with sabers. I just and, saw a clip. I just yeah. saw a clip a couple of weeks ago because I, when at night when I'm just sitting drinking, I'll watch YouTube clips. Yeah. And I saw one, and both the sword fighters are famous. And for some reason, I can't think of the name of the other one. But the first one, the one that pops it, because I was a fan of his because I'm a magician, is Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. Oh yeah. Was, what movie was that? Do you know? Yeah, there was a round of world maybe days one. What's that? Around the world in eighty days? No, no. Was um, that the one? Is that the one where they're in the race car? They're, they're, they're in the no, race. No, Tony Curtis is a sword fighter, a young sword fighter, and the other person he's fighting. Hmm. It was a black and white movie. Wow. Oh. I'm going to have oh, to go oh, look oh. it up, and I'm going to send you the clip because the other other person that he was fighting, who he beats, is also very famous, and I did not know. I knew Tony Curtis knew swords. I did not know yeah. this other actor knew swords, so it was very hmm. interesting sword fight. I'm going to have well, to go back and find it, and I'll send you the clip so you can see it. You'll wow. find it interesting. That's interesting. Because they start with rapiers, then they go to sabers. 
Uh huh. Well, uh, uh, like in Rob Roy, they're fighting. You know, uh, yeah, kind of like a Rob Roy, but it was. Um, yeah. Damn it! I hate yeah. it when I come up with something yeah. and I can't think of the whole thing. <laughs> I'll find the I'll find the clip and I'll send it to you. I think you'll find it very interesting. You, you know um, the longest fight in movie history? What? N no, I don't. It was a Scaramouche, 1952, uh, where they're fighting in the, in the theater. Um, we we went to one time. We we sat down and 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 you know, counted the moves. There were over two thousand five hundred moves, I think. And a move is wow. is what's right. Uh, and I think it's a seven and a half minute fight on film. Um, but uh, that's one of the longest sword fights in film history. Uh, but, uh, you know, of course, the classic, you know, people want to see things like The Princess Bride, you know, uh, Flash, Hollywood Flash and things like that. Because if, if you think about it, a lot of the, the old uh, 30s and 40s swashbuckling films, they were choreographed by Olympic fencers. Right. And, and the way they did it, you know, it, it was more it was more of a, of an Olympic fencing style. And that's where you get that that, that flash and that, and that really good things. Well, in 2016 and 17, I, in the ballet here in St. Augustine, yes, I did say the ballet, yeah. I played Captain Hook oh, for wow. a ballet production of Peter Pan. Oh, and nice. almost all the actors were children from six years old to 18. But Captain Hook, um, Peter Pan, Peter Pan was played by um, a, a very famous Cuban ballet star and his wife, who was just a little tiny lady, she was Tinkerbell, and then the, the parents of the children that Peter Pan whisks away. I know I don't have to tell Mark the story, he probably sleeps it all the time, wow. but <laughs> I had they asked me to choreograph the sword fight. Well, you know, yeah, I know pirates use cutlasses, but for sword fighting on stage in a ballet, rapiers were much better. In fact, I got fencing foils and that's what we used. It mm -hmm. was much better. It was easier to move. It's a little more flashy, as you said. Yeah. And I had to choreograph two segments. And each segment was probably less than two minutes each. Uh -huh. But it took us weeks to get it down because, you know, I took a pad of paper and I wrote down every move. And we right. and just we go through the move and we do this and then we do that. And then we'd start taking those moves and memorizing them. Um, and I did it for two years in a row. It was wow. a lot of fun. Amazing. I, I well, loved it, but it was a lot of work. It was. I mean, we always say that one minute of choreography is 50 hours of practice. 50 hours for one minute of choreography. Yeah. And, and you know, doing it live, you can't do it like on film. Film, you can do the same move, but you can just switch the camera around and do it at a different angle and do the same move, and it, it looks different. And you can have quick cuts. And that's why I don't like a lot of quick cuts of today. You know, back in the day, they have long, extended cuts. We, we, we're, we're traveling across the screen, and and you can't you can't fake that. Um, Errol Flynn, you know, I, 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 that's, who, that's who my dog is named after. Name is Flynn. Um, you know, he was a very good sword fighter, a very good actor, but he couldn't do both at the same time. So they developed the move. When you're seeing him fighting, I mean, he's talking. He's actually what's called it's called flinning. It's basically eighty percent of the Princess Bride. Basically, they're just hitting swords up and down. Boom, 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 above and below and, and up and down, things like that. And then when you start getting into the real meat of the fight, then they're actually doing the fighting back and forth. Um, one of my favorites, uh, you know, Jose Ferrar in, in uh, 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 um, Cyrano, the original Cyrano. That was that was an amazing fight. That and, and and I show that uh, it, it was a lot to our new members. Like, this is what I want to look like. It's going to be fast and quick. 
you know, uh, traveling back and forth. And yeah. They want to see the flash. Even though it's Hollywood, that's what they want to see. And, yeah. and that's what they bring to our show. You know? One of my favorite fight scenes uh, of all time is the yeah. uh, the last battle between the British and the French in uh, um, Master and Commander. Oh, yeah. It's just so realistic. It's like mm-hmm. the close quarters, and it's like you, you don't have room for all the flashy – this, yeah, you know, foil fighting. It's all you know. Well, that's what people, you know, on on stay on, on, on pirates. They didn't use rapiers. They used cutlasses. Close quarters. You can't, you can't get that. I mean, that you, there's no way you can use a rapier on, on a ship. It's all close quarter fighting. Now, didn't the Luna build the deck big enough to do a fight? Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Luna back on her uh, on her stern deck there on the stern. She. Um, uh, they built it especially for the shadow players because we're, we're going to be their official fighting crew uh, that actually they can um, uh, be up on, on the stern fighting uh, she's coming in that deck you know, in, in, the, in the harbor there. So, uh, they found they, the they, other actor. I'm sorry? Who, Curtis who was, was fighting with him um, was Ross Martin. Ross Martin, that's Ross right. Martin, really? Yeah, who played yeah. Artemis Gordon in the Wild Wild yeah. And Ross Martin was the bad guy in this movie. Um, and he thought he was going to take Tony Curtis out. And wow. they started with foils and then went to cavalry sabers. Yep. It was, it was a, it was an interesting fight and it was like in a, in a castle scene. So they were up and down off the stairs, sure. off the benches. A lot of, it was, it was very what, physical. What was the name of the movie? Do you remember? What's that? What was the name of, what the, name of the film? Uh, it didn't have the name of the film. So I'm looking at it right now. So yeah. Uh, Mayhem, when you did uh, Captain Hook, were you uh, as good as Christopher Walken? I was better. <laughs> let me, so let me tell you a story. That would be hard to do. When, when the, the man that owns the, the ballet company came to the Pirate Museum By the way, year, you know, I used to be in the ballet, but my ballet got too big. That's a 4-4 four, four you'd be wearing then, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a 4, yeah, instead of a 2-2, two, two, it's a 4 Yeah. So when the man that owned the ballet came to the museum to get the museum to be a sponsor because it was Captain Hook and Peter Pan, I accidentally walked upstairs in on the meeting, and the guy is Cuban. Accidentally. Accidentally. <laughs> Actually, I, I honestly didn't know. True, that, that part's true. So I walk in, I, I do my thing, and I turn around and walk out, and he sticks his head out the office door, and he goes, You. You would make a perfect Captain Hook. And I went, no. And then when they told me it was ballet, I actually said, no. (laughs) So, but I went home and I thought about it for a little bit. And honest to God, this is what I thought. If Dustin Hoffman can do it and Christopher Walken can do it, so can Captain Mayhem. (laughs) And I did it and... Let's see, where am I at in there? There yeah, I am over there at the, the side. That's the entire troop. Are you by I the crocodile? To, what's that? Are you by the crocodile? I yeah, am. That's that. me by the crocodile. Oh. And I had to rumbo with the crocodile at the end of the show. Oh, nice. So nice. not only did I, and I didn't have to do ballet moves, they brought a, a group of, young people in who were tap dancers they're called noise complaints she's actually been on my on this show before and they're tap dancers so they dressed in pirate and they were captain hook's crew 
Mm. So we tap dance. Well, I don't know how oh. to tap dance, but I can do the Irish jig, and that's all I had to do. <laughs> and I was told, you're Captain Hook. You do whatever you want. So that's <laughs> what we did. But at the end, I had to learn to do the rumba because I do the rumba, and the crocodile chases me through the audience. And it's um, it, it, it was some of the most fun I've ever had on a stage performance. And when it was all said and done... Pat Croce asked me after the first year, because he's the owner of the Pirate Museum. And when he hired me, he said, I'm going to make you the most hated pirate in, in, the, in, in the country. I said, okay. <laughs> so, Mark, we won't go anywhere with that, but he's almost right. Yeah. <laughs> but awesome. Awesome. At least when he asked me after I did the first one, he said, why would you subject yourself to being in a ballet? And How I many said, shows? Uh, we did, we only, it was two, it was... I think five shows in in a weekend, and then the next year it was so popular they did it again. Yeah, the so matinee. I, I think I did ten, either eight or ten shows, something like that. Ooh, so Pat asked show. me, why, "Why would you sum, submit yourself to doing the ballet for who you are?" And I said, "That's because I read your motivational book, and your motivational <laughs> book says take on new challenges." There you go. So hey, I did, and he looked That's at me and he goes, "Can't argue that." You can't. You can't. And it was, it was, it, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. What's really fun, though, is some of those little kids are now teenagers or adults, oh, yeah. and they still will come around and give me a hug if they come down and, and say how much fun it was to, to to have me as Captain Hook. And and but the going back to the choreographing, you're right. Two minutes of choreographing. That's all it was in two yeah. separate acts, and it was weeks of work. Uh huh. And once we got it down, then it was weeks of rehearsal. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, what I always tell our, my actors is, you know, nobody ever lost an eye by dropping a line. But you, get on stage, <laughs> no. you get on stage with a sword in your hand and you get the uh, lights in your, in your face. You yeah. get the, the audience there, the live thing. Man, you, 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 do, you do not want a blank page. You know, everybody's had this as an actor. You have a blank page when you get your lines. If you get it with a sword in your hand, and there's no there's there's no excuse. I mean, you've got to, you've got to know what you're doing. And we tell, I tell people if that happens, you know, you you, you have you have nonverbal communication skills with our eyes or you know, with 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 our under under our breath. But uh, if, if that happens, lay the sword on the ground and and move on. Because you don't improvise with the sword. Who was the gentleman that was at um, after the uh, party at your house? Uh, it, it wasn't Gunner. It was the other gentleman. He had the eye patch. They're in the the the, the singing group. I can't think of the name right now. Drawing a blank. He was at your house, and oh, he was um, in, he was in a sword accident on Pirates of the Caribbean. Lost an eye. I mean, really lost. An eye. Yes, I'm trying to remember who it is. Uh, not um, Gunner, but the other gentleman. I can't think of his pirate name right now. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, yeah. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, but he lost an eye. He lost an eye. Doing literally during the court during one of the fight scenes. Wow. Well, we, we've, had, we've never had a, a major accident, but I mean, during our shows, we've we've uh, we, we've we've broken we've broken blades. But we've we've learned if we're going to be doing anything that that is 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 sweeping on the ground or something, we do it upstage. So if it does break, it goes away from the audience. One time, me and Taz were doing a show. It was a cloak and dagger fight, and he disarmed me. And where I have to I drop my dagger. And then he sweet swings the, the cloak. Well, what happened? We were in Bloomington in, in the middle of this intersection. And when I dropped my dagger, it got caught up in his cloak. And we swung it around. The dagger went 
hang over the audience. Fortunately, it didn't land in anybody. But right then and there, we, we, we choreographed that whole fight just, just for that purpose. So, I mean, things can happen. You know, I, I've been, you know, nicked a little bit in practice. But if it happens during a show, you get hit, hit in the hand or something, but you just keep going. Um, like I said, we've we got an impeccable safety record. Of course, we're insured for liability purposes. But uh, that's one of those things where you, you don't mess around. You don't, you don't, we always, we always you know, rehearse the fights. We run the fights before the show. Um, uh, make sure that we've got it. Uh, and once the season starts, we, we, we don't practice as much as we'd like to. But when we get to the, to the event, we're always running fights, making sure that we, we're on the same page and things. So, but but getting to you, we're talking about mayhem ballet. Um, a lot of lot of uh, uh, ballet moves were taken from Swordfight, like the position. A lot of the dialogue ballet was taken from because the same person that taught you how to fight also taught you how to dance. And that's why I really prefer to, to teach uh, uh, Swordfight to anybody that has a dance background. Because it's it's a, it's it is a choreograph. It's, it's, it's a dance. What you're doing. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's it's combat dance. Basically, yeah. basically. <clears throat> you were right. The movie is the Great Race. The Great. Oh, yeah. It was there you the go. Great Race. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember seeing that. That's what so, did right here. Yeah. Mayhem, did you uh, tell everybody what uh, what else uh, uh, Mantis does besides doing his Shadow Player show? No, but let's go ahead and. Throw that out there. <laughs> well, uh, would you like? You know, individually wealthy is that what you mean? Are we allowed to say it on, uh, in public? Of course, yes. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I have, well, I've I'm wearing my uh, purple in honor purple. of you today. I, I'm wearing my purple also. Um, uh, I've been the, I've been the, the mascot for East Carolina University since 2009. Um, go pirates! Uh, go pirates! You got to do this, you know, the whole thing with the arg and. Um, but yeah, I was I was working the uh, the Greenville Pirate Fest back in 2009. We had been doing that event for a few years, and the uh, the event planner came up to me. She hey, they're looking for a new mascot at ECU here in Greenville. I said okay. She goes, well, you need to go. Here's here's the guy's name. Here's the marketing people go and and, and so I went in and I had all my all my garb and everything. So I went to the bathroom and, and got it on and came back out and I did the whole cross source thing and I said. I, I can do that when I come out of the field. And they're like, okay, you're hired. Uh, so uh, this is 2009. And what they had was this old wicked pirate ship in the end zone. And this thing was a fire hazard. I mean, it had one, <laughs> one, one lag bolt on it. And, and the whole team's in there, you know, right, right in the end zone. And, and when the time comes, they undo this latch bolt, it flies on the ground, and the smoke comes out, and, and the team comes out. And I was one of the first one to walk out. And I, and I really didn't know what to do, so I did my sword thing, and I ran out the 50-yard line. And then, I, then, then they, after many years, when I, they start having an infant video, and then I go around and come and, and raise the Jolly Roger. Uh, and and over the years, I mean, we were voted one of the top ten interests in college football because of the, they played purple Hades when I come out. And they have all this little lot of pomp and circumstance and things, but I'm only out there for maybe five minutes. And then uh, I go up to the. Uh, oh, there there's is. a picture right there. Yeah, and uh, that was probably five, six years ago. Check out that done. rifle. Look at that rifle. That's so. Cool. Yeah, that that is a, that actually got a, um, a, a, a wolf's head on the end of it. Uh, that's a really cool thing. And, and the sword I used, um, it's actually a, 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 a cutlass blade on the rapier hilt on the Eppenheimer hilt. Uh, so that's what I stab into the ground. But uh, 
over the years, you know, we, we just keep adding to it, adding to it, and, and uh, uh, they've got. We went down to, to Wilmington, North Carolina, to a, a, a film studio, and did the entry video, and uh, we have a no quarter video that we've got. Um, uh, I've missed one game in, in seasons, and that's when I was in the hospital. Uh, and and that night, uh, ESPN gave me a big shout out on. I'll be playing Temple. I remember this Temple game. It was a Thursday night game, and I was in the hospital bed watching it. ESPN had this big thing on the screen, and you know, pirate Steve the pirate. Call me Steve the pirate. The pirate Steve. Um, uh, you know, they wished me well, but uh, that's the only game I've missed in, in, in my whole tenure there. I only do the home game, the away, because we can't do our entrance at the, at the away games. So it's, it's been a lot of fun, man. It's, it's a really cool gig, and I hope to do it as long as I can. You know. So now it is ent- and I probably should know this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is everything you're doing as a pirate, a sword fighter, the shadow players, the mascot, is all of this now become a full-time living for you? No, I work. I work full-time for uh, a, a major telecommunications company. We'll put it that way. So I've been doing that. I'll, I'll be retiring here in a, in a few years. I've been there 16 years, but uh, but literally on, on any given weekend, um, you know, we, if, if we if, if we go to Beaufort, say, I'll, I'll take a Friday and a Monday off to travel. Um, and uh, fortunately, you know, we, we, we've been really lucky that, that uh, you know, uh, over the years that we've been able to, to, to uh, get hotel rooms and, and pay and things like that. So, you know, they'll put us up in the hotel over the weekend. Uh, so so my, my job lets me, you know, take these my vacation days literally are for traveling for the shadow players. Um, so, uh, uh but uh, yeah, I, when I retire, you know, maybe uh, I might start doing a little more full time than I can, and then I'm doing now, you know, maybe doing a little bit more traveling. But um, in the meantime, you know, it, it, we start our show, our, our season starts in April, uh, usually at the Greenville Pirate Fest, and it ends in October in Ocracoke. So any so given weekend, we have moved the date to Old City Pirate Fest from the last weekend of January to the first weekend of February. Okay, yeah. great. So. Um, we'll be a little be warmer then. What's that? <laughs> be a little warmer. Um, yeah, warmer by a week. But the, one of the reasons, uh, when we started P- Old City Pirate Fest in 2017, they were just starting the idea that the Night of Light, St. Augustine is considered by National Geographic one of the 10 top cities to visit during the holiday time. Yeah. So they, they decided to capitalize on it a little bit, and they extended the Night of Lights to the last week in January. So I decided that was a good weekend for us to do our pirate festival because what that was was one more extra event that weekend that I got a lot of free publicity out of from the Chamber of Commerce and everybody else. But now everybody's coming here. Everything's happening. And (laughs) this last year, um, I actually had to pay for some hotel rooms out of my own pocket because I couldn't get them. I had to pay for them. Now, I I got a discount, but that took money out of the charity side. And the the three hotels I now work for are all they're all family related. The one you are at, Mark, is is friends and family with the other two that I'm working for. And one of the women that they were great runs hotels, everything. What's that? They're great hotels. So that's a good thing to know too. Uh, so the woman said, you know, if you didn't have it on this weekend, I might could give you everything you need. And I went. Done. And I came back <laughs> home and I said, we're moving it to the next weekend. But by go. moving it to the next weekend, I'm not I'm not um, in in competition with with um, Tampa 
and I'm not in competition with Hogstown, um, and I'm just the week before Bike Week in Daytona, so it's mm. a dead weekend, so it, it's going to work out better for us, and we've mm. already started talking to people to be sponsors, and one of the reasons I know I want to talk to people to be sponsors is because I really do want the shadow players to come down here. We just have to make a deal. Sure. And we'll do that uh, in yeah. private. I'm not going to hold you we'll to, get, the we'll to the show. What's that? We really, we really do want the, the, to have them down. I do. I, and But they're making some changes. You don't know this, Mark, but you know the stage in front of the ship? Yes. They're building it they put, up higher. Yeah, you told me they're putting a... Uh, a and a, they're putting a, a cover over it. Over Actually, it. Your, your son oh. told us too. Yeah. So they're putting a cover over it. It's going to change some things about the ship and the use of the ship, but we'll see what happens. I'm going to go over there and look this week when I go back over there, take a look at it. But yeah, I really do want to figure out what it takes to get at least a couple of you guys down here for, for a show. And sure. I got some ideas on how maybe to make it an extended time if it works and make some extra money. That, that extra money goes to paying you to get you down here. So sure. is, that, is that a two-day event? What's that? Is that a two-day event? It's, uh, it's as, as it stands right now, it's a day-and-a-half event, but I'm thinking yeah. ext extending it to a two-and-a-half-day event. Friday sure. night, Friday night, Saturday, and partial Sunday. So yeah. um, we have the ability to do that. Um, but the other thing, too, is... You know, I, I, I have to compensate the Colonial Quarter for the loss of tours that they would do. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. Um, there's 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 other pirates um, from with, around the country that have been sending me messages and would like to come visit St. Augustine. Yeah, so I, I had a great time. That was the first time I was down there last year. I, 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 I was blown away, man. Me and Marissa had a great time. Yeah. I mean, it was... Yeah, it was, we were just yeah. walking by that balcony the other day, Steve, where, we, where, where, where uh, Sandy and Bray stayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh, remember that? It, it, it was like it was like being at Disney, for, I mean, really. It was like walking like in there, an old, yeah. an old town. If you don't have no damn mouse. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll we'll talk about it because I'd love to have you down here, and I and I'd it. like to uh, maybe work out some some private time to, to to have a few things shown to me so that I know that I'm better for for it. Uh, I was yeah, talking, cool. Steve, I was talking to Dan uh, Saturday night, and I said uh, he should put together a, instead of a Buffalo Bills Wild West show, he should put a Captain Mayhem's Wild Pirate show. Here you go. Well, well <laughs> someone had mentioned uh, me doing, you coming down to, uh, I'll, I'll give a workshop, you know, a stage combat workshop. That's uh, part of the idea. Work. That's part of the yeah. idea. I, and yeah. I want to go back to something else that you said at the when we first started talking. You said Pirates in Paradise. The first thing I thought of was, um, Coolio did Gangsters in Paradise, yeah. and Weird Al Yankovic did um, Amish in Paradise. Mark, you and I need to sit down and figure out the lyrics for Pirates in Paradise. There you Pirates go. Pirates in Paradise. I yeah, we need to figure that out. So we got you a couple of the things. I we should. Were... I should tell you that I did write a song about Mantis. Ah. Did you really? Oh, yeah, no. it's called uh, uh, Mantis Panties. <laughs> it, 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 involves, it involves a kilt and lost underwear. We're just going to put it that. Wait a minute. Wait. If you're wearing a kilt, underwear shouldn't even be in the conversation. It, it, it wasn't in the picture. That's what I'm saying. It was. It, 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 was, it was commando. But uh, remind me when I get down there, we'll have to have a, have a drink, and I'll tell you the story. But it's a, it's classic. We were, and Mark, I, I think I still own them. I think I have them around here somewhere. They, they, let's put it this way: they were flying on the Mika Two the next day. They're flying on the, <laughs> the, the top of the Mika Two, and I have a picture. 
Well, so, we'll yeah, have to it, find that picture and then start showing it. If, Mark, if you can find that picture for me, maybe I can use it as blackmail to get my fee down on him coming down. The <laughs> exactly. It's already out there. Some women have uh, offered me money for those panties. So. Really? Well, let's and see what we can men, do. Hey, I go there. I'm a pirate. I'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> we can we'll put, them in a, put them under glass at the pirate under museum. Glass. <laughs> Oh, man. That, 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 that was one of those drunken uh, 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 birthday weekends. Let's put it that panties, way. That was panties, panties. His cannonballs are black <laughs> and blue. <laughs> There's that ain't you ain't talking about. All right, we got we got to find all that. So I, I miss my pirate family. All right, well we're gonna have well, to bring isn't you that down. The real extent- reason to have a pirate festival is to it see really the is. family. I mean, like, yes. like I've always said, you know, that that's that's what that you know, what you, you made a comment one time. We were in, in Baldhead. You were talking about deathbed moments. Uh, you know, basically, you have these these moments where where you, you will always remember, and 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 ninety percent of them have been in the pirate festival, uh, mostly Beaufort, but but other places with my pirate family. I see you guys more than I do my actual yeah. family. And that's, you're that's you're lucky in St. Augustine mayhem. That you What's have that? a crew. You're lucky that you have a crew in St. Augustine that you can see on a regular basis. A lot of us don't get to see each other except at festivals. That's yeah. that's true. Well, then you can come down here and make it a point to come down here and, and be an extended part of my family. Okay. Good. So let us do a couple other things here. We're going to do two videos. This is part of the show. We have this week in nautical history and this week in history. Something that Davey puts together. It gives you a chance for a little bit of a break if you need it. But while we're doing the the second one, I'm looking at all the um, messages that we got. And then we have another round of conversation because if anybody added to some of our conversations, we go back and and rebuild it. So, um, Davey, I got to ask you, though, video highlight of the week. You didn't do a video, did you? No. Okay, good. I was afraid you were going to do something on me for my birthday. Thank goodness you didn't. So let's go right into this week in nautical history, ladies and gentlemen, which is sponsored by the Pirate and Treasure Museum of St. Augustine, Florida.
very good. That found interesting. Did we lose Mark? Yeah, I'm sure I'll be back. All right. We went to go find back. the panties. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite possible. So, Davey, I don't have any uh, mail call for this week. So um, why don't we just kick in uh, this week in history right away so we can come back to the messages because I've already seen some ones that will elicit some other good conversation. And um, so let's go ahead and do that. And, okay. and our history of the week, ladies and gentlemen, is sponsored by our really good friends at Dick's Wings. If you want a great lunch, he's got... 20 different lunches at least that you can go over and get from hamburgers to wings and they have the great wings there uh, my particular favorite is the pirate flavored wings if you haven't had them hey it's it's pirate flavored wings no it doesn't taste like johnny depp's underwear <laughs> it actually is pretty doggone hot and you can nice. get it even blazing hot and i have to be careful with it but yeah <laughs> they haven't been washed. Get rid of them. All right, Davey. Hey, wait. These are these are Sinbads. These are Sinbads. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the story right there in itself. <laughs> you know what? The, the, that's that's the first the first time I the Sin, that I really realized that Sinbad liked me because he dressed up as a woman for my birthday and sang Happy Birthday to me. Oh look! Says, I just look. It even says Mantis on it. Man, oh, you got Thank autographed you. pants. Well, you know what? Speaking of that, we almost had the opportunity to get Gary Bostwick's panties from um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. No yes. Way. we. He was at um, Ancient City Con last year, and uh, he really enjoyed talking to us pirates. We did wow. an interview with him. He actually lives in Florida, if you didn't know that. Yeah, I think huh. they just did at Megacon, not this year, but past, they did a Rocky Horror, like, reunion, and he was there along with, uh, what's her name, that played his wife, Janet. Yes, um, that's... Um, yeah, Susan Sarandon. There you go. Very good. So, yeah. yeah. So, let's do this week in history so we can come back to our messages. And I've seen a few here that are going to elicit some more conversation and quite a few more laughs. Uh, before you do that, Davey, can our can our guests see the comments too, or is it just me? Uh, they should be able to see the comments. You may be able to see the comments too. We're going to go back to the beginning and scroll through them. Do this week in history, Davey, and then we'll come back. Okay.
Great job there, Davy Longwood, as always. I want to say one thing, though, real quick before we go any further, because we're going to be here for a little bit longer. And all of you that are staying with the show tonight, we're about to surpass our time on the longest show. Woo! I always have said, if I have good guests, we have great shows. If we don't have a guest and it's just me, I'm ready to quit at 45 minutes. <laughs> so, Davey, if you can keep up, I've gone all the way back to the beginning. Okay. And if you can keep up, the first couple of ones are just some hellos with everybody. Uh, I do want to say hello to the real treasure hunters. Uh, they wish me a happy birthday, and I'm trying to get them up here for a weekend. They're actually the real treasure hunters. Look them up on Facebook, ladies and gentlemen. They actually do go and start looking for treasure. They do a lot of research to find out if it's real. And they're still, as far as I know, looking for treasure that may be in southern Florida or central Florida from Ori Ori, the French pirate that took over Amelia Island. I was unaware that Louis Ori had even been down in that part of Florida until I met them and they showed me the evidence. So it's an interesting story. I hope they find it. And by mentioning them tonight, I expect 5%. So, <laughs> True pirate. Uh, let's see, who else is on there? Danelle Everhart is from the 839 crew out of the uh, Elks Club Lodge here. Nightingale in Florida, one of the swashbucklers is here. Athena Rivers, I see you here. Very good. Thank you very much for being here. There's Sky Jockey, Athena Rivers. There's Gina Marie. She is watching, and she said she answered our question. Yes, celebrate, birthday celebrations are important. It's nice to honor loved ones on their special day. She's absolutely right. Let's go on through. Nightingale in Florida, birthday celebrations are great. I'm sure drinking the gifts of rum will be a sacrifice for the captain. You're absolutely right. I will, I will sacrifice myself to drink the rum. Yeah. doesn't matter how bad it is. I see Captain Smoo is on board. Uh, if you guys aren't aware, Captain Smoo is up in Quebec, Canada. He's a regular watcher of the show. Bonjour. And he's, he is the main arm, the strong arm behind the international pirate community. Hope that everyone is enjoying this amazing podcast. I And we're honored to have you here, Captain Smoo. Thank you very, very much. Um, having you here has made it... <laughs> A wonderful experience to have you on the show every every week. Great job by the Seawolves uh, from Gina Marie. She knows she was supposed to be there, but other things came up in their lives for the for the weekend. Uh, let's see. Um, Robin and Dee are watching. They're part of my crew. Dee and Robin, they live up in Jacksonville. Thank you for showing up, and thank you for the birthday wishes. Um, I, anybody that's a Facebook user, all we see is that you're Facebook. We don't see your name, so if you can put your name out there, that makes it easy. Little Traveler, it's nice to see you again. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Little Traveler is a young man that lives in Jacksonville, and he hasn't been around the Pirate Museum for a while, but he would come down to the Pirate Museum with his grandmother, and he would direct traffic in the Pirate Museum, and some of the stories he was telling, it told me that he had spent way too much time in the Pirate Museum because he was getting all the facts right. <laughs> he was my backup man. So um, it's, it's always wonderful to have, have people be a part of that. Captain Mayhem, if Mark wants to have more money for his, for his show, you just need to pay him in Canadian money. <laughs> <laughs> May we? <laughs> Wait, that, that might be Louisiana that's your French there, but we'll see. All right. 
So let's see. Um, Little Traveler asks how the Pirate Museum is doing. Little Traveler, you got to come back down. I'll be there Saturday. If you can come down, come say hello to me. Um, Zachary Harker, he is from Michigan. The Live Steel Improv is something my group was doing before the COVID hit. Uh, Combat Sword Improv would be so cool to learn. I well, it looks it's like not we may have to have a workshop. Yeah, step. Yeah, I'd be happy to come down and uh, and give a workshop. That's that's can, what we do. You can improv the dialogue and rehearse the sort of exactly. Yeah, that's that's it. That's absolutely. I, I had to shut down. I was at the rent fair this past uh, two weeks, three weeks ago, and there were some guys out there that uh, had just pulled their stores out and started fighting, and I had to. I had to shut that down real quick because you don't do any kind of improvised fighting in, the, in a crowd where, where there's not controlled area. So no, it's it's dangerous. I, I, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. I have a, a routine, not a routine, but I have a method to do something that's semi-improv. But I'll show it to you when you come in. Yeah. Um, so there's Logan Spencer out of Savannah, and he uh, truly loved hearing Steve talk. Purple and gold. Uh. And there's Jeff. D. Polito, shark bite. Hi, yeah. there you are. Yep, yeah. yeah, very good. Uh, Nightingale in Florida. Will the historian? She gave the question. That's okay. So, will the historian says birthday? Yes and no. I've never been someone who likes a big fuss over my birthday. Dinner is fine. I believe it's more about the people that want to celebrate your birthday. One party, a decade. That's my motto. By the way, will the historian is my son. And he will be a guest on the show in June, talking about oh, wow. World War II and D-Day on June fifth. He is a he is a history teacher for middle school and high school. Let's see. Um, the Canadian money one was a good one. The lunchbox has got to be a collector's item. Is it a collector's item? And Zora was Guy Williams, by the way. Yes, Guy Williams. Guy Williams. Thank you. Um, and Toby Stevens was the dad in Lost in Space. Ah, very good. I got that wrong. Got there it is. So do you still carry your lunch in it? I've looked on eBay. This thing's worth some money, so I'm, I've got it I've got it in its special spot on my shelf. Very good. What'd you say, Mark? <laughs> I said uh there to- Toby uh what'd you say, Toby Williams? He was he's in I the was. new Lost in Space, not the Yeah, old. yeah, Toby, yeah, Toby. Yeah, the guy Williams was in the old Lost. He played Flint in uh in uh yes. in uh, Black Sands. Yes, yeah. yes, I just saw that. Black Sales Adventure Company is on board with us. They're out of North Carolina. Um, they've made a couple of nice comments about you. Uh, there we go. Uh, oh, that one. My favorite sword fighting scene was between Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yes. Yes. That was good. That was good. That made a lot of men want to take up sword fighting. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, let's see. What are I'm doing down just a little bit further here? Uh, Curtis's opponent was Ross Martin. Yep, we did get that, but thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate you being my backup on that. Great fight scene. Yes, it was. Now, my son, Will the Historian, says, I'm sorry, but are we going to not talk about Connor McLeod versus Duncan McLeod, Highlander versus Highlander? Hey, classic. That's, yeah, that's classic. Now, I'll tell you a story. I met the TV version Duncan McLeod in Tucson, Arizona. And yeah. because I was such a big fan, the people that set up the event um, uh, talked him into giving me one of the one of the swords from the television show. 
Um, I don't have it anymore because I used it in a prop at a Halloween haunted house and somebody snuck in and stole it. Oh. Yeah, and I was very angry about that. Tell oh, Steve yeah. about the uh, the oldest store that you own. What's that? Tell Steve, Steve about the oldest sword that you own. Oh, that's true. I have a have 1757 court sword. Ooh. Yes. When you come visit, I'll show it to you. I would love this. I, 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 I want to show you this, too. That's uh, something that Cascabel uh, fabricated for me. This is a, uh, check this out. This is one wow. of the last worked on that's before he passed. Um, this is actually a Turkish blunderbuss that I bought uh, at a gun show. And uh, he actually fabricated the barrel for me and uh, and married it to the stock. Actually, it's a uh, 1700s um, East, uh, uh, East India Trading Company flintlock here. But uh, see, the mother of pearl has gone on it. But yeah, he uh, he actually worked on this. I sent it that back to him in Florida, or in Atlanta. I think it was Atlanta. And uh, he fabricated this for me and put it together and shipped it to me uh, about a year before he passed. So this thing's really special. Have you fired it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Many times. Uh, 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 believe it or not, the very first first blunderbuss I ever, I ever fired was uh, Cascabel, uh, Cascabel's uh, uh, blunderbuss underneath the bridge at Hampton. <laughs> was the and river that, wonderful? That, oh, yeah. That, that just turned me on to, to black powder. And I've got a, I've got a cannon. I've got a lot of black powder weapons. So, uh, but, uh, you know, now it's, uh, it's it's harder and harder to get insurance now. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we've been trying to, to, to secure some of that. But, yeah, that's going to maybe this. And then I'll treasure this forever. So, yeah. It, insurance is an issue and it is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, we know that we know the same problems down here. So Black Sales Adventure said I've seen him in action, outstanding performance live. Thank I you. wonder who that. They must be talking about you. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Nate. What's Come on, that? man. The guy's got some pipes. What's that? Nate's got some pipes on him. Yes, he does. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're a living, breathing Disney character. We've always said that. You know. You know what I find so talented about Nasty Nate? What is that? You got buttons on both sides of that thing. That takes coordination. <laughs> I don't understand how you do it. That's how I've stayed married all these years. Very good. Now, I saw somebody in there that made a comment about a rope swing. Where did I see that? St. Augustine was magical. I want to go back. Did I miss it? Um Davey, you know you that would it? be a really cool thing if you could fabricate a rope swing in the uh, in the colonial quarter off that off the top deck of that uh, ship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean. If you could figure out a way to just do a short. Well, I may. Well, I do that for Halloween. Yeah, we we'll work on that for Halloween. So Black Sails Adventure Company said Mayhem has a better rope swing than Walker. So <laughs> on that note, Davey's <laughs> going to show you. Nice. There you go. Now, let me tell you the second half of that story. My wife did it right after me. And it was almost like the Coyote and the Roadrunner cartoon. She slipped down the rope and hit the side of the ship and went right in the water. She rope burned her hands terribly. Oh. And I'm stripping off everything to get over there to get her out of the water. And she comes up around the side. She'd already swam around, got up on the dock. Her boots, her sword, her leather, everything. She's uh, lucky she didn't sink to the bottom wearing it all. Oh, oh yeah. my God. But 
yeah, it was that was a lot of fun. No, I, 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 just want get, I just want to get together with all you guys and just share war stories about the, the years of the, the the years combined of, of performing and, and 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 hanging out with pirates. I mean, the, I, a lot of people, you know, they'll say to me, you know, like ECU and some other stuff. Go, now I, I, I want to be you. I want, I want your job. I said, yeah, I bet you do because it's well. It, the, best, the best part, I can say this safely, the best part about Growing older, you should have more stories to share. You're right. Right. You have a funny one that stands out, Steve? Well, I'm sorry? You have a funny one that stands out? The the the, the Mantis Panties is pretty it's pretty pretty classic. But uh, <laughs> but 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 I was I was gonna say that um, you know uh, you know I've, I've talked to Sinbad, he was one of my mentors. Um it, it, he, and he's always said to me, you know. It's up to us to, to bring up the younger generation. You know, I've been doing this for 20 years, and when I first came in, I was wide-eyed, and I didn't know what I was doing. And, and it was up to the older generation to kind of train me up on, 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 on you know, history and, and how, to, how to handle yourself at, a, at an event. Because you've got the reenactors, you've got the Hollywood types, you've got the, the, the everything in between. You know, we call them polyester pirates. They're still, they're, still, uh, they're still passionate about what they do. And we've got to bring up the, the younger generation to, to you know, learn the history about what, what it is that we're actually doing. Because people and develop a passion it. for it. You know, I'm, I'm a pirate. But I, it, it's much more than that. It's, it's, it's historical. It's, it's, it's entertainment. I mean, the, 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 the stories and the family that we, that we encounter throughout the years, it was, I mean, it's, it's invaluable. So well, it's here's up, one. One of Carry the things on. I always like to look at, too, because when we have crew members join our crew, some of them are the the um, Victoria's Secret or the Fifth Avenue you know, mm -hmm. pirates or the Walmart pirate costumes of the polyester pirates, whatever name you want to do. Party City. In our crew, what's that? We call them Party City. Party City, too. We don't, we do not, I do not allow my crew who's already in the crew to sit to uh, chastise or badmouth because exactly. I found that osmosis works very well within this. Yeah, it does. You just, they see the attention you're getting that they're not getting because they don't look authentic or real, yeah. and they immediately will run out and do the do the spending of the money and change things. And then we always we always have conversations that if you go to thrift shops, you can find a whole lot that you need to build what you need to start with. Don't spend the thousands of dollars right away. Right. And those are the kind of pirates is as they build what they're building, mm -hmm. not only do they have a love of it, but now they have an appreciation for the work they had to put into exactly. it. Exactly. And that's yeah. very important. Very and, and, and I can't believe this, the money I've spent over the years, but I'm still wearing this old tattered uh, vest that, that was handed down to me. And, 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 and that's what's making it more special. And, and everybody gets their own look. I, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm still wearing you know, when I, I was I was chastised my first you know, the ECU for wearing called this a, a, a cavalier hat, a pirate hat. Well, you know, for the so so I, I ended up kind of throwing it away. But you know, you, everybody has their own look. And their own, they bring their own uh, uh, personality to their to their character. One thing um, I always liked about your uh, costume, Steve, is that you were a Spanish pirate. Yeah, first, yeah. When we were doing the Beaufort pirate invasion, they were invaded by the Spanish. Yeah, the so Spanish. it made sense that there was a Spanish-looking pirate. Yeah, you know, yeah. as opposed to just the generic, uh, you know, Robert. Histor pirate. Historically, and I've told this in my tours in the pirate museum. Historically, 
especially since we're mostly from the golden age of piracy, there were six countries that were that that were primarily mostly all the, where the pirates came from. Right. That's mm-hmm. England, Spain, France, Wales, mm-hmm. Ireland, Scotland. Right. There were pirates from other places, but those six countries. So so many people uh, seeing Spanish pirates is is pretty cool. Seeing French pirates, we have a few of those around too. I I love mm-hmm. seeing that. I happen yeah. to be Scottish. <laughs> because I'm mm-hmm. stuck with the damn accent anyway, <laughs> and, and that's just the way it is. So, you know, uh, Ma- uh, Nasty Nate, Yo. you asked you asked Mantis a question about uh, maybe his most humorous memory. Uh, I throw it back at you. Uh, well, working for Disney, you got to have a ton of them. Oh, no, yeah. but I, I think the one that really I love is, is when we were doing uh, playing at the the what's the place that that it's in Beaufort. Uh, oh, the, the, the Backstreet back, back Pub. Yeah. And they had an upstairs uh-huh. uh, place, and we were performing there. And what one of the songs we were singing is um, uh, uh, Moonshiner. It's like, I'm a rambler, I'm a gambler, I'm a long way from home. And if you don't like me, and you can either say, just leave me alone, or you can say, go poke Mahone if you're in Gaelic. And we gave the microphone to a woman and we said, and if you don't like me, she said, go eat it. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a funny one now. I'm going to share one with you. And the reason it comes to mind is because I, it's something that I stole from Nasty Nate. Okay. I, I use the joke, why do mermaids wear seashells? Mm-hmm. But I use it in my tour at the museum and I build it up. And what I do is I tell everybody... And this is pretty much the routine. I tell everybody, I'm going to tell you one last joke before you leave. But this joke could be considered adult. And I'm going to act like a pirate captain. And you're going to vote on whether you want to hear it or not. (laughs) And if the vote goes no, I won't tell you. But I do want you to know it could be considered an adult joke. It's not dirty. It's not nasty. It's just funny. And... (laughs) Every time the joke goes over, and I tell everybody before I before I tell them before the the vote, I tell everybody I learned this joke from a good friend of mine named Nasty Nate. <laughs> and the, the the next line is, you have to be careful learning jokes from Nasty Nate. You never know where they're going to go. And that's part of the routine. So they vote on it, and then I tell them. So here's where the funny part comes. So you know the joke. Why do mermaids wear seashells? Yeah. And I wait, and I wait, and then I say, because B shells are too small. All right? So I had a little 10-year-old boy, in, and we do this in Hollywood Pirates. So you've been in Hollywood Pirates. There was a 10-year-old boy when I told the joke. He was so excited. He was jumping up and down and going, I know, I know, I know. And I'm thinking to myself, I, God help me. I can't let a 10-year-old boy answer this in public like this. This is going to kill me. I won't have a job anymore. But his mother is standing right there, and she's laughing so hard. And I look at her and she says, it's okay, he can, it's okay, we won't have any problem with it. And I say, okay, so why do mermaids wear seashells? And he jumps up and down and he goes, because D-shells are too big. (laughs) (laughs) And so my closing, and I tell that part of the story every time now, and I tell everybody, see, at 10 years old, males know what it's all about. That's it. And And that's all I say. There's yeah. there's no dirty language in it. There's nothing. It's an innuendo, and yeah. it's hilarious to everybody. I heard so, a new one. You want to hear it? Yeah. All right. Uh, what's a pirate's favorite letter? 
No, not this one. That's not new. But go ahead. Uh, no, you, you, you. I don't think you've heard this one. Okay, a letter of pardon from the governor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I got to remember that. Yeah. I got to remember that. So, nasty Nate, you are in my pirate tours almost every week. Oh, good. So, oh. an honor to you. Thanks. My son works there. Yes, he does. And yes. Cole's a, he's a great he's a great tour Ocean guide both Cooper. in the Pirate yeah. Museum and the Colonial Quarter. So and, that, and that's must be a blessing for you, uh, Nate, that to have your your son. I mean, I mean, oh, son, just like you guys were talking about earlier, it's kind of up to us to instill that pirate passion in the younger generation. Yeah. Well, I mean, let me like, use you know, let me uh, use this public know. forum then to say this: when we, I get hired every year to do the seafood festival here in St. Augustine, and they hire me to bring in all kinds of entertainers, all with a pirate theme. And I thought, ah, let's get Cole. And I didn't want him to lose any tours, so I got Cole to come over at the end of the day and, and use his squeeze box and sing songs. And he said, can I bring my brother up? And I said, why? He said, because we can sit and do comedy and have a good time together. And I said, okay. So he brought his brother up. And he did it on Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. And I was so impressed that he's now on the list. We have some video of him. They did so well oh, cool. that they're on the list as entertainers that I will contact first to fill in. They they, the they, are, well. they are very, very good at it. Yeah, so, we're actually thinking about doing a, a trio. You should. You yeah. really should. All ourselves. We, we came up and performed on your balcony. Yes. And I, I, you know what? I actually, when I sent my, I sent an email to the big boss of the resort and I told him, Hey, you and I, you and I need to sit down and talk about a pirate pool party. Yes. And if I can get him to go with a pirate pool party, guess who I'm going to call to come have a well, all the thank music. You. That's a wonderful hotel, by the way, the embassy. It is. Suite. It's wonderful. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, one of the Facebook users have to run, have to feed the family. Ah, old Chum Bucket was watching tonight. Oh, good. Yes, we're working on something special for Talk Like a Pirate Day with him. Um, uh, let's see. But we've gotten so many more here. Search the Shadow Players. Some people have posted videos they filmed at our, our different appearances. and So I have. I've looked on YouTube, and the Shadow Players is all over YouTube um, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my signal here. Fun fact: the Mask of Zorro fight was part of the inspiration for one of our fights in the Shadow Players. Uh, Marissa Weber is she part of your crew? Yeah. Yes, uh, she, yeah, she, she's my better half. Yeah. Hi. Well, you met, oh, that's your better half. Yes. Oh, good. Well, since she's here on on in the in the listing there, I think I'm going to have to ask her to be a guest on the show next time. She can actually come down and be in person if she wants. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That, that's the deal. We're, we we want to get back there, so uh, we definitely want to get back down there. Hey, if you guys come back down here and it's a, at the right time, John Boyd, he's known as Tinker in our crew because he fixes everything. You build your persona as you grow into your character, with which grows which, with your growth in the pirates. He's absolutely right. Absolutely. So, this has been a good show, and we have broken that mark. I don't want to keep anybody longer than they have to be, but let me do one more thing that we're, we need to do or two more things we need to do because it's very important. And then if uh, we want to stay for a few more minutes, we'll stay. And that is we got to do the future guests on deck. Can you pop that up real quick? Ladies and gentlemen, here are some of the things we have. Next week, my good friend in magic and comedy from my 
uh, Tucson and, and Nevada days, T.A. Burroughs. Henry Yamada, pirate actor from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, William McRae, that's my son. History of D-Day, Joe Hughes, a comedian. In July, I have the St. John's County Deputy Chief, Stephanie Wally in. And Ron Brown, all the pirates know Ron Brown. It is August 14th is National Rum Day. And jo August 21st is National Radio Broadcasters Day, and that's John Miriam. And September 18th will be our two-year anniversary, and we're planning a big Talk Like a Pirate event online for the evening. So be watching for that, ladies and gentlemen. But you can see I have some dates that are very open. If you want to be on the show and talk about your crew, your passion, or you have something to share, hit us up. Send us an email. We're always looking to fill in those spots. We'd love to have anybody and everybody come and be a, a part of the show, just like we're doing tonight. We sit around and have a good time, drink rum, talk about history, and sit with friends and just enjoy. And that's what makes it a fun show. And what rum are you drinking? Bamboo? Bamboo. Ah, bamboo. I've got my Bombarda. What are you drinking? Uh, this is a half a bottle of uh, pre-made margarita mix. Aye, that's always good, too. Very wow. good. We won't tell anybody that you're a Spanish pirate in disguise. Well, I had it left over pirate. from uh, Cinco de Mayo. Yes. And also, and also, I want to make a plug here for, like, uh, Richard Cohen. I, I, I learned that uh, Mr. Richard Cohen, who, who wrote the book By the Sword, he was actually a four-time uh, British champion between uh, 72 and 84. Fencing. Fencing champion, yes. So if, if you're looking for some uh, definitive history on sword play, this is the book to get, By the Sword by Richard Cohen. So uh, he, it's, it's my Bible. So I refer to it a lot. We might have to find some extra copies and put them on an auction block down here for Old City Pirate Festival. There sponsor. you go. Yeah, I, it might be worth yeah. it. So yeah. Marissa Weber says, sign her up. <laughs> yes. She just wants to hang out with Captain Mayhem. Well, uh, Marissa, this is for you. This is a night. It's a beautiful night. That's another story <laughs> to be told at, a, a, at another time. <laughs> Thank you, well, Thank you, Man, Tease, <laughs> this is such yes. a great show. You think we can put you on for another date in the summertime? I would love that. Please, I, I'm, I'm, I want to come down there and be there in person. That would be great. But well, uh, come yeah. down and be in person because we can always change the camera angle. Mark, you, uh, nasty Nate, you'll have to come and be a part of it too. I'd love it. I'd love to have a uh, show, Steve, your backyard. Yes, I, I, we could have some fun back there. You know what? And, uh, we'll, 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 plan a, we'll plan a workshop that day, and then that night we'll do a little uh, podcast. I, we could do that. We can have a lot of fun doing that. I think we'll it'll go work, out work on the out. we'll go out on the downwind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Davy, yes. you got to reveal Mini Mayhem's uh, oh, joke yes. of the day. Uh, okay, it's time for the answer to the joke of the week. What do you call a stupid pirate? The answer is the parent idiot. <laughs> Very good. Do you have so, the, the board, yay or nay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I like might have to steal that one. <laughs> so I don't know if you noticed, but that mini mayhem, there's a reason we call him mini mayhem, but we'll leave yeah. it at that. Okay. Uh, I don't want you guys no saying anything. That's funny. <laughs> This has been fun, guys. I, this is a lot of fun. Thank you. Well, let us do our thank you video real quick. Davey?
Ladies and gentlemen, we have to thank everybody, and, and that's the best way we know to do. But if you want to be a part of our show and watch us, we have three versions or three platforms that you can watch the show, see it visually. That's YouTube, Spotify, and Instagram. There are your messaging ways to get hold of it. If you want to just listen to the show, say you're driving down from the Carolinas or somewhere north and coming to St. Augustine, hint, hint, you can watch us or listen to us on Stitcher, iHeart, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And I'm working on some ideas to get us into Rumble. I just heard about Rumble the other day, and Rumble is supposed to be doing very well. In fact, Rumble is, is uh, from everything I've heard, outdoing a couple of the others. So we want to get on to Rumble and see what we can do. Now, Captain, so you're going to be excited about the numbers. Good. Let's see gotta, the numbers. we got to thank our, our, our two Rumble. guests. Our two guests are responsible, I think. All right, maybe so. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. We're at 958 subscribers. Wow. Look at that. Cheers. We're Cheers. only 42 subscribers away from 1,000, and that's where we want to be. And there's some numbers on our watch time hours, 126K views, 1.4K views in the last 28 days. Um, I don't know a whole lot about things like this, but... Uh, top video already, special guest, Steve <laughs> Wetzel, uh, 32, a bit about President's Day, only six. So, uh, Steve, yeah. in 2024, you should run for president. <laughs> <laughs> on, on what platform? On the, the, piracy, the piracy platform? Is it? Hey, you never know. If people understood that pirates are the ones that are responsible for bringing democracy back to the world and we ran this country there like a pirate, pirate ship, right. maybe people would understand there's yes, no sir. free handouts. That's you right. got to work for it. got to work for it. In some way, shape, or form. Ladies and gentlemen, there's our email, captainsquarterspodcast21 at gmail.com. Send us a message if you like. We want everybody to know that we want you to be on the show, but we don't send out lots of invites we wait for you to be a part of it or maybe somebody else recommends and then we go and talk to them we try to make it very very open for everybody to be on the show and we want all varieties we don't just talk about pirates i don't have pirates a couple weeks ago we had the sheriff of st john's county on the show he loved it so much i got an email from him and he wants to do three shows at least three shows a year with us that's pretty good. You had Gina last week. And she's a belly dancer. Gina. Yeah. Gina's show last week went about an hour and 40, 45 minutes. Um, she's truly an amazing dancer and an amazing person. And I have a wonderful working relationship with her since 2009. Yeah. Um, and hey, I wanted to prove... show you one of my treasures, can I? All right, go ahead. See that? This is a certificate of authenticity. This is an, an actual cannonball. Let's see, it's right there. From uh, Port Royal, Jamaica. Wow. A cannonball or a musket ball? A musket ball, sorry. Good, because it looks pretty, looks pretty small to be a cannon. Small for a cannonball, yeah. Anyway, wow. just thought I would. I got that at the auction up there with uh, uh, Grace and them. Remember we did it in your, in your uh, parking lot? Yep. Yeah, my, yep. after, after the Perry Festival, yeah. Yeah. That was from uh, 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 Marosa, uh, Shell. Yeah, Dia Rosa, yeah. Well, we love to have everybody on board the show whenever you want. We're at one minute and 59 seconds. That was an amazing show. Marissa Weber, hey, you bring me on and you'll have a siren mermaid. Good. Ah, yes. I'd like to see that. 
Mm-hmm. And then we can actually have a demonstration of why seashells are... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Are, are right. better than D-shells. Yes, hi. No, I remember your, your lovely wife when she was down here, when you were both down here, and you were in my pirate room over there. You thought my pirate room over there was good? Wait till you see the pirate room I have here. Can't wait to see it. I right. wish all the ladies were sweet little kitties. I'd sneak up behind them and grab on their shoulders. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Not ladies and gentlemen, Davey and I are the only two here. Hellfire was out of town, and Mandy Joe out of Utah had emergency flooding going on in her house, so she can't be here also. We wish them well and hope they're okay. So Davey and I will do the sign-off that we do, but uh, Mark and uh, uh, Mantis, do you see it at the bottom there where it says part of the podcast, part of the crew? Yep. All right. So Davey. Davey's going to say the first part. I'll say the second part. You guys say the third part with me. If you're ready, go, Davey. Part of the podcast. Part of the crew. Always. Always. We can't do it without you, ladies and gentlemen. We're signing off at two-hour show, ladies and gentlemen, a two-hour show. You guys don't have to go anywhere. When the show shuts down, we'll talk for a few more minutes. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We'd love to have you here.